Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into our fearless beer review. Then we get into our vinyl pickups that leads into our songs of the week. And then we round it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler and way out there hundreds of miles away is Jeff. Uh, Go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review and subscribe to us on there. Give us five stars, please. Uh, Go to social media. Our handle is at Asinine Radio. And uh, we have a phone number you can call, send us a voice, or leave us a voice, we'll send us a text, like somebody did. Uh, the, f- the phone number is 503-893-5307. Uh, this person didn't leave their name, but they received some records that Jeff sent to them recently, so they were just reaching out to us, thanking him for that, for the extra one, and um, that's some pretty cool. Some good stuffs, baby. Some good stuffs, yes. Uh, we also have a Discord server if you want to join that. Uh, hit us up. We'll send you the link, and uh, we can chat, talk about Star Wars, music, beer, blink, corn. I don't know. Whatever you want to talk about. Mm. This is this is, this is is the best pod in the world. But anyway, done with the boring intros. Let's get right into uh, the, our Fearless Beer Review. What do you got, Jeff? Go. Ooh. So I got, a, I, got, I got an ACDC beer. It's high voltage. It's their, um, that, their, that album, but it's, uh-huh. it's a double IPA. It's a double IPA. It's 8.2%. It's from Cali Craft Brewing. Okay. Cali Craft Brewing, but it's in collaboration with some company called Knuckle Bones. Ooh, I like that. But I think Knuckle Bones is just like a distribution company because it seems like they do a lot of stuff with ACDC, but and then records too, just like shipping things out. So I don't know. That's weird. Maybe that's just because they have some type of rights to ACDC, and so. Calicraft went through them rather than going through the band because obviously I don't think they would go through the band. No, probably not. But yeah, that's, I don't know, that's what I have. That's kind of exciting. I thought it was, okay. I thought it was kind of funny. And uh, so yeah, 8.2%, 55 Oof. IBUs. The hops are Australian Galaxy hops and American Simcoe. So that's kind of <laughs> cute, right? Very cute. Like you, <laughs> like you know what all that means. Yeah, well, there's Australian Galaxy. They're from Australia. American Simcoe. We're in America. It's a blending of two, uh, I don't know, two worlds, two continents. <laughs> it's cute. All right. So uh, so I have something called Verocious IPA. Verocious Citrus IPA, I'm sorry. It's a blood orange, it's a blood orange IPA from Hopworks Brewery, uh, Urban Brewery up in Portland, Oregon, I think it is. Uh, let's see here. It is something like seven and a half percent. It's a juicy IPA, so of course I'm interested in this one. Let's see here. What else we got? There's nothing really else on here. Juicy boy. But I did end up getting this one because it kind of goes in theme with our album of the week, which is Martin Denny, and uh, which is very tiki. It's tiki music and exotica music, and this has like a tiki guy on the front, so had to had to stay in theme. So. There you go. That's what I got. Ferocious Citrus IPA. And uh, fuck, let's just uh, just try this out. See how it let's tastes. Try it out, baby boy. Let's do it. There you go. Ooh, hot damn. 
Okay, what do you think of your high voltage? High voltage IPA, double IPA. Um, it's hoppy. I mean, it seems only 55 IBUs, but I don't know. You can, whenever they added those things to it, it's making this pretty, pretty hoppy. This is, it's not bad though. <laughs> it's not bad. It's got a little bit of a, of a citrus flavor to it, but not okay. much. And, and it's, it looks like a hazy, like it's super light and that orangey kind of hue to it, that golden color. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's good. I, I, there's nothing about this that I think is is standout or great or or memorable, other than it's got, uh, of course, it's got Angus on the front. But <laughs> other than that, I don't know. It's fine. All right, because normally you are very critical of of double IPAs, or even just regular IPAs. I so. mean, this just tastes like this is the same thing as a Pliny the Elder. There's no fucking difference. Same okay. thing. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> would uh, would disagree with you on that? No, Planet of the Elder is the best beer in the world. <laughs> Fucking narbs. Uh, all right, so we have a three point rate, our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer, you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So, what do you rate your high voltage? This so this company also this Knuckle Bones, they spell it B O N Z Knuckle Bones. That's cool. Mm-hmm. They have. So here's some of the other stuff they're selling on their website. They're selling an Angus Young and Brian rock icon statue for hmm. $200. And they're selling the cannon from the album, like, for those about to rock. It's like yeah. a little statue, a cannon for $150. So, yeah, they're just a fucking... They're, sounds highly illegal, but okay. I, they pro- I'm, I'm sure they probably have some sort of licensing contract with the ACDC company. But that's kind of lame. Yeah, that is that is really lame, actually. That that makes it sound like the brewery is going through this licensing company just to get ACDC on the beer, rather than going to the band themselves. Which I understand, like you're not going to be able to contact ACDC if you're just some random small craft brewery in California. But I don't know. It takes kind of the uh, the personality out of it. Yeah, I think so too. As weak. And, yeah, it's it's kind of lame. I don't like it. Don't like it like, anymore. Now me buying this beer, there are too many hands getting a cut aside from mm-hmm. the brewery. So I don't I don't like that either. So given all that, this is this is a one. This is a good one. What? Yeah. Just because of all of that? Yeah, Not because of the actual beer? No, because it's all dumb. I don't like all I don't like all the marketing that's going into this. I don't like how they're going through somebody else that's not the band that I don't I don't like I don't like all, all the hands in the pot. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Oh, uh, clearly. Clearly. All right, like so you gave it yours a one out of three. So my uh, my ferocious IPA, this one, this is pretty good, pretty pretty good. <laughs> it's not the uh, the best juicy hazy IPA, but it's solid and has just enough sweetness. Just it's not very hoppy at all, which is nice. Uh, it's the right amount of carbonation. It's not flat. Um, yeah, this is really good. This is actually very good. No, mm-hmm. no. Oh, there's a couple floaties. So I guess according to Mike, that's not really a good sign when there's some floaties in there. To a ha- when it comes to hazies, what are so, the floaties? Because I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the floaties are. Probably I don't know. Bugs, rat poop. Yes, bugs, <laughs> rat poop. Yes. So with that, <clears throat> and, oh, totally. Hmm. So with that being said, I'm gonna have to give this just a solid two out of three. I would definitely go back to this. It's kind of pricey though. 
There's a four pack of it at the liquor store for fourteen dollars. So, are they twelve or sixteen? They're what is the sixteen? Yeah, the sixteen ounce. That's not bad. Eh, I've seen better. I've seen better. That's <laughs> good. You used to all you, you only you only drink is our buddies and you, like, <laughs> a nickel a piece. Oh man, that dude—that's a solid beer. Can't wait. That, that's my backy, so I'm, I'm excited to drink some of those. Uh, I did check Beer Advocate, and Raul, our boy Raul, did not leave a review for mine. I checked for yours as well, and he he did not leave a review. So it's been a long time since we've had a Raul review. It's been a long time since a Raul um, review. So <laughs> we should we should like have that as like the intro into that segment. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be good. Very dumb. So yeah, that's all I got for be- for the beer. Uh, what, what do you got for your backies? Uh, I got Bud Lights. I got Bud Lights. I got um, actually that's about it. Some some that's Michelob Ultras, prickly pear cactus with limes, but that's like a backy backy. Okay, so the typical. We have our typical backies today. Yeah, typical, 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 our TBs. typical. Yeah, typical. So. Okay, so let's mm-hmm. move on to mm-hmm. our vinyl pickups. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have just. Letting you know now, I don't have a lot. I didn't listen to a lot of stuff this week. I just did not have time. So uh, next week, I'll have a lot more, though. But You are saying this like I'm not going to lay into the million things that I listen to. So I, I'm i kind of curious how much you've listened to this week. So what do you got? Go. I'm, get, I'm getting back in the swing of things now. I am officially done with my first round of, of backlog. Cause now I'm coming back to the second round and making right. sure that on my second listen, it's something that I want to keep. So everything that I'm bringing to you is is, is good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, okay. You're right. It's better than good stuff. It's great stuff. And I have been going through and, and purging a lot of things. Like I got a BB King that I purged. I got a some other psychedelic stuff from the Woodstock era that I purged. Just I'm not going to listen to it again. And I have a lot of BB King already, so I don't need like five albums by him. Yeah, that's a good point. So, with that said, uh, Dick Dale, the album Summer Surf. I got this one. This is his uh, fifth album, 1964. This is kind of the last thing he did for for a while, like almost 20 years, because he got rectal cancer around this time, so he stopped really performing. And then that whole almost losing a leg thing because of the infected water, or you know what I mean, that he was swimming yeah. around and he had a cut on his leg and he got infected, almost lost his leg. So he almost didn't do anything for like 20 years. And so this was the, the kind of the last of it. And like I said, this was 1964. So this is five albums in like three or four years. And it's, it's, it's surf music. It's surf music. It's great. A lot of it he didn't write. It was just kind of like um, other writers or cover songs or whatever but it's it's solid but what i really wanted this one for is because i've never seen anything like this but the uh, the vinyl has a built-in pocket on the front to house a seven inch and the oh. seven inch has obviously two songs on it side a and side b and i've seen this record before but i've never seen it with a seven inch in there and over at all those he's had it for a while at like 65 dollars for like a long for over a year since we've almost started collecting and it's just it's been sitting there, and so finally I've been doing well selling stuff, and I had a little bit of cash in my pocket because I was doing some trade ins. I said fuck it, so I got a little discount on it, and I eventually picked it up. The seven inch plays fantastic; it's in great shape. The record's in great. Oh, it actually shape. has the seven inch. Yeah, I got the seven inch. Oh shit! Shape. Oh no way! Okay. Yeah, so it's super fucking cool. That's really. I, I've never, I've never ever seen that before. I I never had that either. Is a cool I guess. Idea. I guess this was a brief, brief thing that was done, 
maybe by capital or just in the mid 60s to where they were including little bonus seven inches but there's a pocket like in the front part of the sleeve that's just like cut out and there's yeah. like a like a cellophane front part of it so you can see through into the seven inch that is, is so rad really unique really cool yeah i like that and I've seen it at Grace Records before for like twenty bucks, but it had no seven inch. I'm like, I now that I've seen the seven inch, I would never, I can't not buy the seven inch. <laughs> is this uh, is this selling on Discogs? The one with the seven inch? You can find some copies with the seven inch in like the fifty to sixty to seventy range. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot, though. Fuck. Yeah, honestly, it's not. For Dick Dale is a lot. It's not like his best record, and. I only want it because of the seven inch and because I traded in a lot of stuff and got a lot of store credit. And I was like, you know what? I've been eyeballing this for a long time. I'm just going to treat myself, treat yourself. <laughs> so that's, this is, this is definitely more of a collector's piece than it is something I'm going to listen to over and over and over, which I will, but it's a seven inch. Like who wants to fucking flip that little stupid thing over every two minutes? I know singles are, they're, uh, they're so annoying. They're so annoying. They are. Especially when you could find it on an actual full length. I, I, that's what I don't get about collectors. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, no, there's a fine line. There's a fine line, baby boys. A fine line. Next thing I got mm-hmm. is uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath by oh. Black Sabbath. A lot of Sabbaths in that, in that sentence there. Their fifth album from 73. You brought this one a while ago. And and we talked about it and, you know, the whole, like, iconic castle recording sesh and the subsequent unreleased jam sesh with Zeppelin. Yeah. And just that whole lore around this is super cool. But it's it's a solid album. It's a lot more melodic and, and sort of pop-focused and, and trying to write, like, catchy hooks and, and things like that. But it's still pretty good. It's still it's pretty very good. good. And I like the ti- it. The title track is so catchy. Yes. But it's so poppy. It's very poppy for Sabbath. I love it, it though. There are definitely times on this album where, like, the melodies could have been just, I don't know, like, some other pop band from the early 70s. Yeah. Because that's just how they're written. That's, they're, they're written very straightforward, structured to be catchy, which is fine, because they church it up with a lot of heavier instrumentals. Yep. But I think this is their coolest album cover. I think so, too. Like, it's so fucking that and, that and Never Say Die. The I don't know two. why you like that one, but I love that album cover. It's so rad. I don't rad. understand it. It is so rad. <laughs> You're it's an just, idiot. It's fucking plain old people. It is, it is, what do you it's mean? plain old people. It's just two people. It's boring. Yeah, like, with those cool ass masks. It's so it's not, cool. I guess. Are those just like fighter pilot masks or something? I don't even know. It just looks fucking cool. This is the coolest <laughs> album right here. Yeah, but I got this one. Yeah. I got this one for free, so it's not in the best shape. And this is one that now that I, I'm I'm going back into my collection and going to be buying better copies of older albums. This is one that if I see used, which I know it's going to be expensive, I'll still buy it because I can purge this one for a decent amount of money to offset the cost of the new one that I buy. I paid fifteen for mine at Aldo's. Really? Yeah, I got mine at Aldo's. That's fucking cheap. Yeah. I know. I was, I was, just, I was just thinking all those would have this for like twenty bucks. I think they just repressed it too in the past like month on some like pink colored yeah, vinyl. But that's gonna be at least thirty bucks. Well I'm not that's, I don't want to buy it new. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't either. Uh so do you uh, do you have all the all the all of Ozzy's Sabbath outside of the, the last record, thirteen? No, I don't have the, the one with the ugly pants. 
Oh, sabotage. Sabotage is the hardest one to come across. <laughs> I don't have that one. <laughs> I ended up just buying that one new because I've never seen it used, and I've only seen it new a couple times. I think I think that is the only one I don't have because I have their first what now five sabotage. No, I don't technical ecstasy either. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one's hit or miss for sure. Yeah. But if you ever come across thirteen, which I've never actually seen in the wild, but if you ever come across the thirteen record, you got to get it, man. Brad Wilk on the drums too, so good. He does such see, a good job. I've had I've had a couple of their albums like Born Again. I've had several times, and I just I keep getting rid of them. Well, but Born Again's garbage. That's a really cool cover, though. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's so cool. I love it so much. It's like one. it's like universally like considered one of the worst covers along with the, the first Pantera record. It's so it's so gross. It's, it's so, so like that two tone offset the blue color. and red. Oh. Yeah, but the baby's like nasty looking, like a demon. Mm-hmm. That's a good well, cover. That's the point. It's a terrible cover. But I don't I don't think I would if I saw technical ecstasy, I'd probably pick it up only if it was in the ten to fifteen range. Yeah, otherwise it's I would pass. Understandable. I got two copies of Master of Reality. I don't need why? Why do you have two copies of that? Because I have like an OG pressing of Master of Reality. I have like an original, what nineteen seventy, pressing of Master of Reality. But, <coughs> but the last song is is like scratch, so it sounds like shit. And uh. the last song is like five, six, seven minutes long, so it doesn't sound good. So the other copy I have is like an eighties pressing of it that just sounds fine all over. Okay, I see. I see. Like the OG copies, I don't know. It's hard to get rid of something that is like an original pressing. That's one that Sloan gave me, friend of the pod Sloan. He's like, yeah, I didn't even like this. You can take it. <laughs> Fucking and idiot. Proceeds to go and buy, you know, Pointer Sisters or, or Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Commodores. It's fine. It's not fine. Yeah. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. But that's the only record in my collection that I have multiple copies of the same record. The only one. That's so bizarre for you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. So, All right. What else you got? Next thing I got is another Merle Saunders. I got another Merle Saunders. Okay. This is one that I've been looking for too for a while, and it's not incredibly rare or nothing like that. It's just uh, I guess it is rare because it didn't, it wasn't popular, didn't make a lot of it, and just the kind of cast that was on is very bizarre. So this is uh, it's called Fire Up. It's from '73. It was kind of just after the one that you bought me, that Merle Saunders and Jerry Garcia Life at Keystone album that you oh, listened yeah. to. That, that was a good record. You did like that one, so I did like. You that also one, yeah. like this one. You like this one a lot because this one's a little bit, a little bit heavier. Jerry's playing pretty heavy on this one, and even his solos are pounded out harder than he normally does. He's usually pretty dainty when mm-hmm. he kind of goes up and down doing his slides. This one you're hearing a lot of like crunch on the strings, so it's really good, and it's got fucking Tom Fogarty on on rhythm guitar. Oh, that's so put out interesting. Yeah, Weird. it was put out by 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 Fantasy Records at the time, and and so you got Jerry Garcia, you got Tom Fogarty on rhythm, Merle Saunders, and it's uh, again, it's just it's good jazz rock with undertones of soul, R and B, uh, and it's pretty it's pretty crunchy, pretty heavy. I am interested. I am interested. Yeah, I was I was pretty I was pretty stoked when I seen it. Where did you get this one? This is that this was at uh, Aldo's. He has this he has this section now where I think it's just kind of like ah fuck it, I'm tired section. <laughs> Because the Jeff section, yeah, just it's just, but it's like good <laughs> stuff. There's like doors in there. There's ACDC. There's stuff that will sell, but he just hasn't put it away in their proper position yet. 
Oh, okay. With, but it started off as one row, but then it turned into like now it's like seven rows of things. So I always go there because that's where he puts things that he doesn't feel like putting away at the moment that he'll think he'll do later, but then they sit there for months at a time. But that's where I found this at. Was, uh, <laughs> it was like ten bucks. That's not Crazy. bad at all. I, I would pick that up for ten bucks. I don't know, just based off cheap. based off of what you said. Definitely. But if you that. if you liked if you liked the other one, which which you said you did, you'll like mm-hmm. this one too because it's exactly the same group plus Tom, who's a really good rhythm guitarist. Yeah. And then it's just a little bit heavier. I'm down. I'm down. If you see it, pick it up for me. Damn good. So next thing I got here is uh, Pantera. Pantera, vulgar display of power. This is one we did in the pod. And mm-hmm. I'm I just I'm never gonna find a, a used OG yeah, pressing of this, so it's just not gonna happen. So I bought a new one and it's um I think these were done like last year or the year before. So it's on this cool kind of gray, white, marble variant. And okay. it's it sounds it sounds good, but, but it's quiet and it's kind of a longer album. And so I think it's uh because when, when I turn when I turn it up real real loud, as loud as my speakers will go, it's still not very loud. Think of like yeah. the Wu Tang album; it's just not okay. that loud. It's still pretty loud, louder than the Wu Tang album, but it's still not that loud. And so, I don't know. It sounds the same as it does on Spotify. So now I'm wondering, like, I wonder what this record sounds like if you got like some type of double fat forty five pressing of it, or if there is even a copy that sounds better than this because. We even complained that you could never hear the bass because the bass is playing the same rhythm and the notes as the guitar, but maybe it's yeah. just because everything we've heard has just been compressed so many damn times that, I don't know, to find something that's that's authentic and, and original, maybe that sounds like fantastic. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I was thinking too, The I, I have a couple of songs from that record on my main playlist, and when like I have like fucking Hostile on there. Or just was it just hostile? Whatever. I mean, it's fucking hostile. Is it fucking hostile? Yeah. Okay. So I, that song will play, and then it'll go to like fuck. I don't know, any other song on the playlist, and the other song is very much louder, way more dynamic. Yeah. Like it's a huge jump between that song and whatever else plays after it, and so I think it's just the way it was recorded. And then remember what we talked about? It, it was recorded by like a friend. It, like their first five records were recorded by their friend's dad or their dad's friend i forgot his name so i think a lot of that has to do with it the fact that it wasn't really professionally done it was all very bootleg up until you know their second to last record or whoever produced that i don't remember but like the producer of for vulgar display and cowboys i mean that was those were that's that was terry date that was a big name they were on oh that's right it was label. terry date but, but they it, but they recorded it at they recorded at like that studio, right? Yeah, it was just, you're right. It was Terry Dan. I stand corrected. I was wrong, but I think I think it's because because I even kind of complained about the fact that there's a couple parts in Vulgar Display where the, he's just adding sounds just to add fucking sounds, and I think yeah, I that maybe Terry Date just focusing solely on vocals and guitar, and who gives a fuck if the bass is even existing because Dimebag can carry the, the band well enough. And the drumming is just, I mean, it's just there to keep time, really. So maybe it's just when, Terry Date in the early days, I don't know, not perfecting I think it, his it, craft. It might be Terry Date because when when did Vulgar come out? 93? 90, yeah, 93. 93. And then 94. the first Deftones record, Adrenaline, came out in 95. If I'm not, yeah, it was 95. That was Terry and, Date, too? 
That was Terry Day, yeah. Oh, because that one sounds fantastic. But it also has that very kind of kind of raw sound. Like if you listen to, to Adrenaline and then you listen to White Pony or you listen to pretty much anything else Deftones done has have done because Terry Date's done most of their records. Like after once once White Pony hit, that's when everything changed. Like their whole sound changed. Like dynamically and everything. So maybe it was just Terry Date's style at the time. Because it was very, it was earlier on. I don't know. Yeah, because because I mean, when we were doing it too, like for sure, Cowboys and Vulgar Display are very, they're very like raw in presentation, but not sound. They want you to think that Vulgar Display is very raw and it's it's DIY. It's basically a punk band doing metal, but it's really polished. It is really really polished and everything in there. And that's because, as we talked about, Dimebag had a hand in the recording process where he went in and wanted to make sure that every single note was ex- in the exact spot that he wanted it. And that's what I mean. That's just him being not just you know wanting to be a part of the pro- the process, but just being a virtuoso. Yeah. So the all I think all of these things going together makes Vulgar Display. I don't know, a little mainstream. For, for what it should sound like. Yeah. Because yeah. then you listen to like the live stuff from the 90s when, when they were still doing the Cowboys tour and and previewing some of the songs from Vulgar Display. Like, they're fucking nasty. They play them faster. They play them more aggressive. The bass <laughs> playing, I forgot the cat. I forgot the Rick Brown Rex, or something. Rex Brown. Rex. Rex Hudler. That's right. <laughs> from the Angels. Rex has more of a, of, of a spot in the in the band and, and everyone just kind of comes together. And I... Like I said, I really, really like this album. I'm glad I have on the vinyls because it's it's a fucking killer album. But I would like to hear something that wasn't so mainstream polished. I I kind of agree. Did you pick this up for me on vinyl as well? I forgot. I asked you and you said no. And then I go back like a week later and he sold out. And he said he's trying to order more because okay. he still has all of the other Panteras from from the glam metal all the way up to like the last album. But the only one that he sold out on was this one. Ugh, the only good one. And he said he sold out the same day that I came in. Cause I go there every Friday. And he said, he's, yeah, I sold out on Friday. That's annoying. <laughs> well, it's really annoying. I know I, I should have got it. Every the time first I time, go there, there's like fucking five people in there with me. Cause I go out like 11 after they open to beat the little rush in the morning. But there's always like five people in there. I'm usually in there for like 30, 45 minutes. So I don't know when these people come and scoop everything up. All these metalheads are getting off work and scrambling to get the Pantera <laughs> album. Maybe it's just like one guy who picks up anything new. Who knows? It's possible. There's just, there's just one fucking guy. Because they do all their new releases on Friday. And they do the little Instagram thing. And this guy comes in. And he'll he'll scoop up like... And he gets there so fucking early. He, he's got to get there at like 8 o'clock, and they open at 10. I get there like 9.45 if there's something I really, really want. But he posts up with like his chair, and he's got like his oh coffee, and he's got food. And he goes in there, and anything that, he, that remotely interests him in any way, he pulls it from the, from the pile. So he <laughs> leaves with a pile of like 25 records, and he That's only so ends obnoxious. up buying like three of them. But Fuck that's that fucking annoying. And it's so irritating. And I tell Brett, the guy that works there, like, dude, that guy's so fucking annoying. And he's like, yeah, I've talked to him about it before. There's not a whole lot I can do because he does get here really early. So I understand. The guy's a dick. And it fucking irritates me. <laughs> do you ever just wait till he leaves and see and to see what he didn't pick up? No, I stand there. Now, now I don't give a shit anymore because he pisses me off. And, and this other guy I go shopping with, David, he stands there too. And we just stand there and stare at him. Like, you going to keep that one? You going to keep that one? You gonna keep that one? You gonna keep that one? Because a lot of stuff that I want, 
he'll pull yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just be super annoying to him until he says, "Oh, do you want this one?" I say, "Yeah, that's why I came here. If you don't want, it, I'll take it." What a dumb shit. He's an asshole. Fuck him. But yeah, maybe it's him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, another thing here that I listened to uh, is this guy called I Self Divine, and his he's a he's a hip hop musician. He's based in Minneapolis. 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 And I, it was like ten bucks at Double Nickels, and usually, usually like cheap hip hop is always like a single or some type of EP or some type of smaller thing that only has a couple songs on it. So if I see a full length album for anything less than fifteen, I'm automatically interested. Yeah. And usually I'll look it up and just read like a quick blurb about what it is. But this one I looked on the back and it was uh, it was Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. They're based out of Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minneapolis Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota. It's always good. Never, never, never stops being good. But if you don't know, like the Rhyme Sayers, like Atmosphere, Slug and Ant, like these guys are from them. Murs kind of did stuff with with the Rhyme Sayers. There's a lot of really, really, really good. Not underground, but but lesser lesser known hip hop artists. MF Doom did stuff with the Ryan Series Entertainment. So when when I see like the Ryan Series Entertainment, I know that it's going to be conscious hip hop. I know that it's going to be insane, insanely good production, and I know it's it's going to be solid. I know it's going to be worth ten dollars. And it was a double LP, and it was his. I think this is his first album, Self Destruction. It's two thousand five. And I was I was right. This is absolutely fucking fantastic. It was produced by Ant, who was one half of Atmosphere, mm-hmm. and just like the production wise is is fantastic. Think like think like Run the Jewels, early Run the Jewels, but without okay. a lot of the pop. Just a lot of just, just, just straightforward hip hop. Just stripped down, yeah, straightforward hip hop, but with. With I don't know, just really really good beats that go somewhere that do something that complement the the rapping rather than just exist on its own. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's really good and and this guy is is really well known, and in like the Minneapolis Minneapolis scene and he's from Los Angeles and I I've never heard of him before, but I'm I'm super happy with it. He only done a couple albums, so I think like two. So I don't know what happened. And wait, how much did you get it for? It was ten bucks. And it was a double LP? Double LP. Damn, dude, you got it. That's good. That's a great fucking deal because I'm with you. I If I see any hip-hop that's not a single or a remix or something, that's under 10 bucks, I'm going to pick it up. Like, you got to do it. It just never happens. Yeah, it's very, it's it's pretty rare. And this was this was the same day that I got a couple other things that I'm not going to talk about this week, but that I got for really, really cheap. And, and like, Double Nickels is just a place where you, you go because... I don't know. Like, like they do, qua- they do quantity over quality. They price yes. things out super low, just to sell a lot of it, rather than this could have been. I mean, on Discogs, it's like a twenty dollars record, and they could have priced it as a twenty dollars record and have it sit there on the shelf for six months, or they could price it at ten and have it leave the shelf within six hours. True, true. I think those are two I different like, like mindsets of of record store owners. The quantity thing isn't really something that goes on here in California. It's definitely more of something out of state or out of like Orange County, LA County. So it's it sucks because everything is more expensive here, record there's, wise. There's been multiple times where I've bought like Zeppelin Four. I I've bought four dollar copies of Zeppelin Four because the disc was scratched to shit 
but the jacket mm-hmm. was in like great shape. Yeah. And I, I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to come across a good disc. And then I'll go back two months later, and now I find a Zeppelin four that the jacket is just beat to hell. It's got glue on it, paint, but the disc is like immaculate. So then what do you do? I combine them and I sell it for like 15, 20 bucks. Yeah, you just got to wait it out. Just got to wait right. it out. And if you have the space for it, and that's 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 what you do. That's that's what I do. Yeah, you have a whole garage of space worth of space. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of shit in my garage. I wish was not there, but how many uh, how many records do you have just sitting in your garage right now? I I I sold a lot. So now I th- the other night I on offer up I sold close to 700 records for like 70 bucks. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And, but it was, this was stuff that I can't trade in and that I can't sell on eBay. So, I mean, this is, we're talking like Herb Alpert, Lawrence Welk stuff. Yeah. Barbara but still, yeah. like 700 records for 70 bucks. And I peppered in some good stuffs in there, too. There was some, there, it was all junk, but. That's 70 bucks. Wow. Yeah, it's cheap. It's nothing. <laughs> that's, that's what we would have done, like, the first, like, two months of collecting. We would have bought that. Yeah. 700 like, records, like, 70 bucks. All those, I mean, there was like. I had like, dude, forty Diana Ross. I had like eighty Frank Sinatra. So there's stuff in there that people will listen to. I just yeah, like, I can't, yeah. I can't move it, can't sell it. I don't care. <laughs> oh, that's insane. That's it is. It's, insane. it's pretty crazy. It's pretty. It's pretty pretty good. <sighs> um, All right. Next so what thing else you got. Next thing is no effects. Punk and Drublick. I forgot I even had this. Yeah. When did you get that? You got it for me. You got it for me in, in California, yeah. And like you brought it last time you came over here, so I don't even remember. I don't remember. I, that don't, I don't remember. I don't know what, where you got it, but <laughs> I, you for sure got this for me. Because I have it, it too, and I got it from. Oh, I know where I, I got it from. This little record store I've only been to once in Whittier, or yeah, Whittier, Norwalk, one of those two. No, Whittier. It was Whittier. Yeah, I got it there. That was. Did weird. you like that place, or do you not like that place? I liked it, but there wasn't a huge selection. Yeah, it, it's there wasn't just there just wasn't a lot there. He mainly did like punk and metal, and a little classic rock, but it wasn't. It just wasn't a lot of stuff. But I ended up picking up like four records while I was there. Hey. Yeah. See, see, see. Yeah, yeah. punk and Drublick. No effects. I mean, it's <clears throat> iconic. They're, it's, it's their most iconic record, and and just unfortunately, yeah, a, a punk standard. It's a good record. I don't know. It why is you, a great it's, record. It's like it's it was like your record. tenth best. I don't know why you hate this record. So see now, much. now it's, you're just lying. It was. I think this was Straight like your fifth line. or sixth best. To be honest, I think this is. No, like I think it was. Yeah, I think it was maybe sixth. But yeah, I, I think fair. I ranked this as my three or four. But it's yeah, dude. Crazy. This is a punk. This is a, the. Well, I shouldn't say punk. This is like a pop punk standard. This is. It is. It is a fucking standard. If you listen to any kind of punk music, any kind of pop punk music, you are familiar. You should be familiar with Punk and Drublick. Banger of an album. Every song on this album is fucking good. Too great. Every single song. Not a stinker on this. Not even close to being a stinker. No okays. It is an amazing record. And it makes me laugh. Like I enjoy it so much that I giggle. I have a good time. I'm over here like air drumming as I'm sitting down by myself like a weirdo. I'm air guitaring. (laughs) (laughs) Even though there's not a lot of solos, but it's a good record. It's fantastic. It is very good. Very good. It's not even top three. It's not even top five. I think I did. I think I listened to this four. That sounds about right for you. I'm genuinely curious. Well, because I'm not an idiot. I don't pretend to dislike things because I think that they're popular or something. Or well, whoever I mean, you're trying to fucking impress, I don't know. 
I'm only here to impress myself. That and I do like well. a mind reader, son. I don't know. <sighs> crazy for That's this one, Rick. I know. I know. I know. That's one of Jay Z's best lines in 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 Ninety Nine Problems when when he's when he when the cop oh, the pulls mind him over. Part? Yeah. He's that, just that like, son, you know song. why I'm stopping you, phone? He's like, why? Because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low. Like, sir, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know. <laughs> God, that's so fucking good. Jay Z is really good. so god. He was so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. I know that mm. that could be his best song. Really, I that's, think it might be his best song. I think for sure that's his best verse. I would have to. I would have to double back and listen to but some that of his beat, other stuff. To that beat is so good, though. I mean, that's fucking awesome. I, I would I would have to double back and and make sure. That well, I'm telling you, you, I mean, I'm, I'll tell you right now. You don't have to double back. You don't have to take the time and do that. It is his best song. No reason to double that, back that, now. That, uh, uh, it's a good <laughs> song. Anyway, what else you got? Uh, Jimmy World, Static Prevails. Oh, yeah, you stole this one from me. I bought this one for <laughs> That's you. That's right, yeah. You, <laughs> you stole this one from me, yeah. I wanted it. I did want I this one. I bought this one. I know. I'm going to tell you why that I stole it too. You're going to get mad. I bought this one for you. <laughs> it was like it was like $19 or $18, something cheap. And I was coming off a high. I, I'm Again, I'm still on the green of, of selling records, so I got a money burning holes in my pocket. But this is um this is their second album from 96. This is kind of like their first album, though, because this has like their core four in it. Their, their original bass player left, and now they have their core four. This was a true transition into Jim singing more and not just strictly being backup vocals and guitar. So this is kind of like their first album. Heavy on the hardcore, on the post-hardcore sound. There's a lot of stuff on there that sound very, very much like Get Up Kids. And it's on a cool purple variant. It's like this really cool light purple vinyl. And when I opened it up, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to keep it. So that's why I kept it. <laughs> you're, you're so annoying. Double LP, dude, it sounds fantastic. I'm it sure is, it does. Uh, it's 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 great. Seventeen is on this. That's the first Jimmy Roll song I ever heard. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a, there's a good amount of nostalgia, and it's um God, it's just so crazy how how great this album is. This I would th- this is ranked four on my list too of, of Jimmy Roll albums, and it's crazy how great this album is, but still how not as great as, of, of clarity of Bleed American. So just I don't know. Like this album is is damn near like perfect. Everything about it is amazing. Yeah. And to think that they still did at least two things way better than this is unreal. I know. <laughs> Fucking unreal. Uh, I think I ranked it four as well. I'm pretty sure I ranked it four. I did Clarity, Bleed American, their first record, and then this one. You did their first record that high? I did their first record was mind blowingly good. I just wished it was better quality i wish i could yeah. listen to it in other spots besides shitty youtube but yeah their first record was was, was unbelievable i mean it's then, really good i agree but and their fifth or, or my my number five was uh their new what was their newest record that you surviving bought? yeah that was my number five yeah that was my that was my three so i think static was my four damn that was a good record too and then futures was five Whatever. Everything I after surviving, I would never buy in finals, even if it was like cheap. Or I would buy it just to give to you or something. Well, surviving's like the newest record. World. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't put but, out anything else since. No, I'm saying that after after my number five. Like oh, oh, after best. your number five. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, sorry, sorry. So anything after fifth best. So anything besides Bleed American, Clarity, Static Prevails, Self Titled, and Surviving, I would not buy. That's understandable. It's understandable. 
Like a, it's a, such a drop off. Like surviving just based off of memory, I would I would give a two point two five. Everything else after that on my rankings, I would give sub two. Yeah, that that's that's fair. Even futures was has some really great songs, but overall, it's kind of kind of a dud. Massive drop off. Yeah, very very quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so Annoying. I I kept that one. Sorry. I know. I know. Oh. I know. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into everything that I've got for you since I was out there last, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna just take one just out of spite. Not even not even if I don't really want, it, I'm just gonna take it out of spite. This fucking guy. <laughs> there's there's one that I have for you waiting too that I'm thinking about taking because I because Nichols what is it? or not Nichols Grace hasn't had any more copies of it, but it's uh, Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy. Oh, don't take it! Come on. And I, really I, I go into one. Grace, and consistently they don't have it. And I ask him, he's like, "Oh, we're supposed to be getting more soon," which is code for like, mm, "You you fucked up, dude." <laughs> don't don't take it. I really want that one. I need to. You know my hip hop collections on. It's eyeballing me. It's eyeballing me. So, you, you already <laughs> took one. I've never I've never taken one from you. Oh, yeah, this is like true. this is like the third one you've taken from me. I've never taken anything else from you. Uh, yeah, you have. I can't think of what you have, but you have. Yeah, okay. Well, if you, uh, much like in any good argument, if you can't think of it right now offhand, then it did not happen. <laughs> okay, that's that's a terrible way to go about it. But okay, okay. But that's it. That's all I got. That that leads me Ooh. into my my uh, my my guy of the week, my pick of the week, and that is. Yeah, what is this? I've talked about this guy before, and his name's Leo Kotk, Kotki, Kotki. I'd say Kotki. Kotki. Yeah. yeah, he's from Georgia, but he's a uh, he's a folk musician. He's a guitarist. He's he's still alive. Um, this is his fifth album from 1972. I found out about this guy because of his second album I got, and it was just kind of a cool a cool cover. It was like black and white, and it's just it was interesting. And the track listing that was on the inner sleeve came with with notes that he wrote. And it was it talked about his inspirations for the songs that he wrote, and sometimes they were really stupid. He was like, "I oh, I wrote this song because one time I saw a bum fall down in a river, and I thought it was really funny, something <laughs> like that." Just really goofy shit. Yeah. And this album's called Greenhouse, and he plays he plays six and twelve string guitars on this album, and there's one song that he has somebody else play on, and sometimes I swear to God, I swear that he's using dubs, that he's dubbing the music. Yeah. But everything that I read indicates that it's 100% him. And I watch videos of him performing songs, and it's always just him. And so Interesting. Okay. Right. It is, the guy is so good. He is so good. And it's not just like listening to Django Reinhardt, who is fantastic. But this guy throws in, like, melodies. And you now you're picking up on, like, choruses that he's playing on the guitar. So you, he's, he's, like, writing songs but just doing it on the guitar. And he mm. rarely sings. And when he does, it's always goofy. Like he'll sing in a goofy way or he'll talk and then still rip it up on the guitar or he'll just sing very briefly and then just go back to his guitar. So it's mostly just the guitar stuff. And hmm. this guy's just, I don't know, I, I think he's unreal. I think he's an unbelievable guitarist. I, I like it because it's not just Django Reinhardt style, ripping it up, influential stuff, but he's writing good music. Yeah, this is actually very, that's, I was surprised. I did not, did not expect this at all. <laughs> I expected more. I expect. I think I expected more like Grateful Dead kind of stuff with this one, just based off of the the cover art. Oh yeah, very yeah, very very dumbed down. the 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 name is stupid because he 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 had said that like in much of the way his guitar is is made of plants or something or it comes from plants. 
then this album is a greenhouse, and that's yeah, it's dumb. That's lame. It's very stupid. Way way too hippie. Way too very hippie. very very cheesy. But but yeah, this is uh this is the this is this is this is the guy that I brought in the song that I brought is the Spanish entomologist, which is not his song, but a traditional song. But he arranged it in whatever his way was. But but fuck man, it doesn't sound like there's two guitars here. I there were there were moments where it does sound like that, but there's just. But it still sounds very stripped down. Like it, it I mean, I, I could see if there was overdubbing. I could definitely hear it. I just there are times when he's doing two completely different, like a West Montgomery style, doing a <clears throat> a, a lower bass line with a higher riff. But yeah. the way it sounds, it's like there's just no fucking way anybody's brain can make their fingers do two completely different things like that. I just cannot wrap my head around somebody being that that uh what do you call, like that much dexterity in their fingers you know what i mean mm-hmm. i just i don't yeah, understand yeah. No, i understand i, I do it's beyond me <laughs> all right so here's a here's a little bit of the spanish entomologist from uh the leo Kotkis. <laughs> Kaki and his song The Spanish Entomologist There's some really good stuff going on here There really is I, <laughs> This whole album is just like this it And where did insane. you get this from again? I have seven of his albums now because, Jesus. But I've only listened to one Until this one Because the, the first one that I listened to Was just so good I said, There's no way he can continue doing this Or, or it would become like the Jango Reinhardt thing where Yeah, yeah like it's good, but like, am I really gonna listen to a lot of this? But then I put this one on, and it's just, it's so, it makes me so happy. Like I just, I get so excited and giddy listening to this. And then I was watching him play like live, and mm-hmm. you, so like he's using a slide, and as he's yeah, going up, like you can see his his pinky kind of hammer on and get off notes. So as he's sliding sliding upwards, he's still hitting like like hammer ons and oh, letting okay. him go real quick. And so, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand like how your brain can, can, can have that kind of, of, of grasp over your, 
your phalanges to make them do exactly what you want, the exact moment you want them to do it. I agree. That was it's very complicated sounding when when you're actually listening through it. That's really good though. And his tone, his tone is really it's so warm sounding and so twangy. It's like the yeah. perfect amount of all of that. There's never any highs to where it's super obnoxious. The lows aren't aren't way too low. Everything's just in the mid range, and everything's just very pleasant. Yeah. And then, like reading about this guy. Okay, so listen to this. Reading right. about this guy, he had terrible hearing his whole life. A firecracker blew up in his face and like fucked his ear up as a kid. Yeah. And so he had shitty hearing, and so he played like violin and piano most of his life. And then in his teens, he picked up the guitar, and then he joined like the the navy. And then he just didn't wear earplugs in the Navy, so firing off guns like fucked his other ear up. So he's almost deaf for most of his life. And so the That's fact nuts. that he could still play guitar and then hear all of these minor notes so well is even more just a testament to how great of a guitar player he is. And then he gets like tendonitis in the, in the early 80s and legit has to change the entire way he plays guitar. Like, well, yeah, that's fundamentally def- he cannot. And it's his right hand. It's not his left hand. So it's his right hand. So he can't pick the way he used to be able to pick. So he has to completely change the way he plays with his right hand, wow. which almost seems even more complicated than like doing with your left hand. Yeah. Because if you're just using a slide, you can just change the finger or whatever. But changing the entire way you play guitar on your right hand is is unreal. It's so important. And yeah. And he still played these songs like just as well today as he does back in 1972 or whenever this came out. And then he did this thing Shit. that I'm super interested in. He did, he did this thing in the early 2000s with the bass player from Fish that is just like a really weird jam sesh of, of these two guys that just really sat down and, and hashed out these really complicated instrumentals. And I guess like the bass player from Fish, I forgot his name, but he saw this guy, Leo, play at his college when, when mm-hmm. Leo was older and, and the bass player was younger, he saw him play at the college and approached him and was like, hey, dude, like, you're really fucking good. Like, I love how you play guitar. And he's like, oh, yeah, you should become a musician. And that's like what got what really pushed him into becoming like a musician and being a better musician was Leo Kotke. 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 That is really cool, Kotke. though. That is awesome. I, I'm interested in hearing that fish thing, too. I'm not a fish guy, but... I mean, I'm sure it's fucking rad. There's a guy that comes into, or that that he still goes to uh, the pizza place, Vero's, and mm-hmm. he loves fish, like, a lot. And him and I have talked just extensively about the Grateful Dead. And just, he, and, and just, he, like, he knows a lot about the Grateful Dead. And so one day I was like, well, who's your favorite band? He's like, oh, it's Fish. I was like, oh, that's fucking kind of interesting that you know a lot about, way more than I do about the Grateful Dead, even. And your favorite band is Fish. So that's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I want to listen. Give me some songs. And so he, he's been, over the course of like three months, he's been giving me little by little how to get into Fish. And Fish is weird because I don't, I don't think it's great. I don't yeah, understand I don't, it. Yeah. But I didn't understand The Grateful Dead either until about a year ago. So <laughs> who knows? So this is going to be your new obsession is Fish. And I, I, can't, I can't do two jam bands. There's just no way. I, I ah. can't do it. You say that now. But you never thought you'd be into Grateful Dead and all the side projects. Just look at this he, as a side project. <laughs> I could. It, it kind of. I mean, they, if it wasn't for the Grateful Dead being like a jam band, Fish probably would not exist. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got, kid. That's it for me. That's it. That's all. All right. There's some, there's some really good stuff there that you got. 
Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I only have one record to bring, and it's my my album. It's my uh, my record of the week. My song know. of the week comes from this. It's a good and uh, it is a really good song. It's a great record too, and uh, you don't have it, so that kind of makes me happy that you I don't know, have it's this. Irritating. So it's the man. Bouncing Souls. It's their third record, their self-titled record. Some might Bouncing say it's their Souls. second record, depending on who you who, who you talk to. Uh, this is just straightforward, just awesome punk from them, and it's like 27 minutes long. It's super short. It's a ton of fun, and uh, I went with the song East Coast Fuck You. This one, uh, well, the album came out in October '97. So this is very, very early on in their career. They put out, what, like three, like their first five records in like five years or something like that. Yeah. So they did a lot of shit. And um, this is the record that that quote comes from, like when it's the Shark Attack song. Yeah. The, last the Bouncing song. Souls. Because of those fucking New Jersey mooches. <laughs> they only go on tour so they can eat other people's food. Don't you know that? <laughs> you've, been, you've been quoting that for years. Oh, it's so fucking funny. Years. God, this album is so goddamn good. I listened to this album after you posted it today, and I listened to their live album too. What live album? It's just like it's Bouncing Souls live. Came out in two thousand like five ish, but oh, it's not okay. on. It's not on. Uh, it's not on vinyls. Oh, okay, got it, got it. But it's got like the the here we go. Like, but they started off oh, with Ole, so and the crowd's Ole, and then he says here we go, we're in the clap, here we go, here we go. <laughs> goddamn, dude! One of the most exciting things at one of their at their at, like any any show in general is the is the, here we go because so you, because you could feel you could feel that all that tension building and building when everyone's singing it singing the here we go part and then it just just it explodes the whole room explodes and sometimes they'll they'll, they'll let it go for two or three more verses and they'll just stand up there giggling and just the the, <laughs> the drummer's hitting the bass the doof 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 and the crowd's going and going crazy Everyone's just waiting for it to drop, and when it drops, that pit just opens oh up, and God, dude, it's just it's nothing insane. but smiles. It's just nothing but good times, <laughs> and it's nothing but mayhem. And it's it's one of the the most fun songs I've ever been in the crowd for from any band ever. <laughs> it's it's just so it's just so much fun, and it's like two minutes long. It's like two minutes of just of just absolute excitement and fun. I it just all while Greg just stands there. And, <laughs> <laughs> the, Does the worst front man ever. Worst front man <laughs> ever. Uh, it's so good. I love it. So, but we're not talking about here we go. We're yeah. not talking about maniacal after. We're talking about the uh the bouncing souls, the self-titled record. Uh and East Coast Fuck You, very short song, but a lot of fun, and they always play it live. So here it is from the Bouncing Souls. good <laughs> right. so good <laughs> all in it's one good. 
and when they play it live, they play it faster. And we've only ever seen them in the West Coast. But yes. they always, instead of like the East Coast, fuck you, they'll always be like, like Orange County and everyone, fuck you. And it's just so fucking funny. And everyone's putting the middle finger up and everybody's laughing and everybody's drunk. And man, this is a band that has just withstood like the, the, the test, right? The Vandals are a band that has withstood the test. The Bouncing yeah. Souls are a band that have withstood the test of time because they don't ever get they don't ever get too in depth in their lyrics. It's always just about hanging out, drinking, maybe some girl problems from time to time. But mostly it's just about fucking having fun with the boys and getting cray cray. Even the drinking part, like they don't like their shit isn't like focused solely on drinking. It's just there. It's not Yeah. They don't they don't rely on it for, for their image or anything like that. It's Oh, there's, dude, no, so there's, no, there's no hard image from this band. They're not like hard punker dudes. They don't, you know, I mean, yeah. Brian, the bass player, is all tatted up. But for the most part, they dress what you would think would be conservatively. Greg is always in like a long sleeve button down <laughs> with know. a hat and jeans. Like, Doing that weird thing with his arm. Fucking know. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't. I don't know why he does all that weird uh, shit. It's so bizarre. <laughs> the most unusual front man, especially for a punk band. I don't get it. <laughs> the but only they, other, yeah. the the only more successful punk band out of out of Jersey was the Misfits, and Bouncing Souls are right behind them, to be honest, because they've just been around for so fucking long. Yeah, and they're still so well respected. They've never lost that credibility, like a lot of punk bands do. Like, and comparing them to the Vandals, it, it's a great comparison. Even though, I think the only knock you can give the Vandals is that some people don't really like the classic lineup of the band from like you know. 89 to now with freeze josh freeze escalante yeah. quackenbush and fitzgerald but, but that's just those that's are just stupids. silly boys. yeah those yeah, are just silly those, boys. those are stupids yeah vandals are just are, are so insanely well respected on all walks of the punk life that even the dirtiest grungiest punker will still respect the vandals yeah. as much as as the mainstream punkers will yeah that's true that's true and the same with the bouncing souls yeah, nobody ever has anything bad. Even when they put out like a subpar record, they won't they won't really talk shit on it. They'll just say, "Ah, oh, you know, we'll they'll, they'll get it next time." You know, like it's fucking the Taylor Swift of punk music or something. Like, yeah. God lord, that's kind of what it is. Oh man, it's great. So yeah, there I'm, you I'm, go. I'm pretty I'm pretty jealous of this one for sure. I can't believe you don't have it. I really thought you had it. Not that like it's a hard record you find. I could just buy it online, but I I really there's like, no fun this in is, that. This is an oh fuck moment for me. Even if I found it brand new at, at Nichols, this is like a oh fuck moment. This is this is a, the type of record that I may like open it and ask him to put it on as I shop for other records. So I'd be so <laughs> excited. It's happened a couple times. Only a couple times. What a great feeling that is though. When you go into a yeah. store and you find something that oh fuck moment. Yeah. I had this on C D too for, for many, many years and I gave it away in my big C D purge to Joe. A friend of the pod Joe, bass player Joe. <laughs> Like a crate full of CDs, hundreds of CDs. I still have all my CDs. They're, they're probably not worth anything. Well, I, I thought about you later them. on. The CDs coming back, baby boy. Uh, we'll see about that. So let, let's just, actually let's just get right into that because yeah, okay. this is my song of the week. So the only thing we have here, um, you know, music news wise, is that yeah, CDs are up barely, but they're up barely, like literally barely. Yeah, <laughs> less than the a article. Percent. Yeah, the article makes it seem like it's a huge jump. But yeah, it's it really not, not at all. But and then, it's it's yeah. fucking surprising that it's even up though at all because for CDs to be up, that means like 
somebody there's people out there that are buying more CDs this this year than last year, but with like the vinyl explosion happening, like who's buying more CDs? But I think it's because they're pushing CDs really really hard right now because of the pandemic, because of the backlog of vinyl production. I think they're being I think CDs are being pushed hard right now. I think I think you're right. And then you have like in the article it it mentions you know Taylor Swift and Adele both putting out records this year. And I think a lot of people, especially who like Taylor Swift, they like to have everything by her. So CDs, all the variants of the vinyl and everything like that. Not really so much with Adele, it seems like, but yeah, definitely with Taylor Swift. So that makes sense. And CDs, I mean, we're talking like like to produce a re- or to make a record, to press a record, to package it, to ship it, or maybe like I would just ballpark it's like five bucks, maybe four dollars in bulk. Um, yeah, that's fair. But That's like right. a CD, we're talking we're talking less than a dollar. We're maybe forty cents yeah, per just CD the, per jewel case. Just the amount of material itself is, you know, a quarter of what a, a actual vinyl record is, like packaging and everything. Yeah, and you can literally make a hundred CDs probably in the time that makes you take takes you to make like five records. Yeah, yeah, because it's literally just plastic. It's not you know actual what PVC or whatever they use. I don't even know what they use. Yeah. But yeah, but in that same article, it said whatever. That's what I don't know if the article is a legit article or not. It's, just, it's from the internet, so it's probably real. But it oh, said the vinyl right. sales are the highest since 1991. I know, pretty fucking nuts, right? <laughs> 1991. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it too. You know, cassettes were already on their way out a little bit, and then on top of that, CDs were the the big thing. Eight tracks were gone. Cassettes were yeah. That's that's crazy. That's just, yeah. That's, yep, that's yep, good yep. and bad. Good and bad. Good because now vinyl is not going away. So the hobby that we have now come to love so much in the past couple of years, we can continue doing so for at least the next you know, three to seven years. Mm-hmm. But it's bad because now everything's going to be backlog and expensive. Yeah. And bands that we love, you know, it's going to be six months, nine months before you actually get the vinyl after the record comes out. God, dude, I fucking, I remember seeing people at like Bouncing Soul shows, at like Gutter Mouth shows with vinyl in their hands. Oh, yeah. And, I, I, yeah. and thinking like, why you buy vinyl, bro? You can get like on CD for like half the price and it's smaller. Even when I worked at Tower Records in 2006 and 2007, or no, yeah, 2006 and seven when I worked there, they we didn't sell vinyl. At least I don't think we did. We were a fucking record store and did not sell vinyl. We sold more books and magazines than we did vinyl. That's that's insane. <laughs> books and magazines. We sold more porn than we did yeah. vinyl. That, yeah. And that's not an exaggeration. Fuck, man. I can't believe Tower Records of all record stores, even Amoeba was selling vinyl at the time. Not a lot, but it's, they were still selling it. But Tower Records was not selling vinyl. I, I kick it myself. My biggest regret in life over everything is not buying vinyl when we went to all these shows. <laughs> I know. Or even when we were in high school when it was just so, everything was dirt fucking cheap. If bands were even pressing them, which we've talked about too, because, you know, there was that period of like 2002 to like 2008 where most bands weren't pressing records. They weren't pressing vinyl. <laughs> going to be on my deathbed. Like they're going to be asking me questions like, what is your biggest regret in life? <laughs> not buying dogs. When it came out, <laughs> that's what that's that's what we should have bought at the time was yeah. dogs eating dogs. We're so dumb for not buying that. Oh it's yeah, pathetic. it's truly really pathetic. Yeah, it is. It is it's sad. I don't know. Do you do you have anything else to say about 
about vinyl nope. or any nope. crap like that. All right. Well, so that's all. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, rate, review, and subscribe to us on their follow social media, Ask Radio. Stay tuned for the main episode because we are getting into the Martin Denny record, Exotica. And uh, I honestly have no idea what to expect. So thanks again. And that's it. That's all. <laughs>